It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds Podcast, your only daily podcast for your Cincinnati Reds. I'm your host, your cheap seat crony, and your second-hand expert. My name is Jeff Carr. Thanks for joining me today for this Phone It In Friday. Very happy to have you today. I've got a great conversation with my friend Doug Gray over at Red Leg Nation and RedsMinorLeagues.com. We talk about all sorts of good things. But before we get to that, real quick, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Check us out on social media at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And also head on over to the website at LockedOnReds.com. So, here's the interview. Today for Phone It In Friday, I have the man in charge of everything over at the Red Leg Nation and RedsMinorLeagues.com. Doug Gray has very graciously agreed to come back on the podcast and talk with me some more about the Reds. Doug, how you doing, man? I mean, you made it sound like I made a mistake by agreeing to come back on here, but I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty happy to be here, Jeff. So far, you're the second person to come back, so I must have said some things that weren't as dumb as I normally say, so I'm glad that that's the case. That bag of pennies you promised to give me, I'm really looking forward to it. Yep, the, 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 <laughs> ba- the basket of soaps. There we go. <laughs> but... Um, I really appreciate you coming on today. Been a lot happening, obviously that that comes with spring training, but just wanted to dive into a couple of topics. First and foremost, it's what's on everybody's mind because the man keeps saying things about it, and I kind of want to come at it from a different angle. You know, most people are asking, should they or shouldn't they? Let's look at this. The Reds. This is all hypothetical. The Reds just gave. Scooter Jeanette, a four- or five-year extension. What does the state of the franchise look like for that next couple of years? I mean, I, I think that the, the franchise will be fine in that time span. Um, if, we're, if we're only going to look at it from that aspect, I, I really do think the Reds are in a comfortable position. Nice. Yeah, because it's one of those things that, I don't know, I think it's easy to be hot takey about and I've thrown my two cents out there for you know it's not even worth two cents but um about Scooter Jeanette but I think in the long run whatever they choose to do I don't think it's going to be that catastrophic do you no not really I mean let's let's just let's play this out if you sign Scooter Jeanette to an extension you're signing a guy who was an all-star last year who's been an above average hitter the last two years a well above average hitter the last two years and I mean Realistically, they're, it's not like they're going to give him a, a seven-year deal. I mean, right. They're they're, they're going to give him three or four years if they give him one at all. I don't think they will. I think that it's fairly obvious they're they're not going to. Um, yeah. The fact that they haven't responded to him yet, I mean that that tells you everything you need to know. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it it if they did, it's not like they would go out and give him an insane amount of years. They'd lock him up for three or four years, which would put him through you know thirty-two, thirty-three years old. Uh, he's going to be fine through that amount of time now. How good? Who knows? But it's, it's very unlikely he just completely falls off of the map in, in that time span. The intriguing thing is, and I've had some questions about this, how versatile in the field do you think he is? I mean, he's not. That's um, kind of what I you know, thought. He, he's played <laughs> some outfield and he's played second base with the Reds, but 
Uh, he's not a good second baseman defensively, and he's, I mean, he's not an outfielder at all, um, which that, that's kind of the thing that always cracks me up a little bit is, you know, last year they, they preached, you know, guys have to be ready to play defensively, but then they threw Scooter Net out there who literally had never played the outfield at all. So <laughs> that was always, that was always funny to me, but I mean, it, you know, last year he played with a bum shoulder. We don't really know how his shoulder is anyways. And he already had defensive questions. Right. So, I mean, he's, he's pretty much a, a second baseman only, and he's not really a good second baseman, but he rakes. So you deal with it. Sort of piggybacking off that idea with him not really being able to move around. I almost see him kind of as a platoon candidate. Do you think that with this roster as it is, I mean, there there could be a trade or two during spring training. We don't know, but with the roster as is, do you see more of a static everyday lineup or do you see them playing the matchups more? Oh, I'd be entirely shocked if they didn't play the matchups more. Um, between Scooter, Scooter Jeanette struggling against lefties, and, you know, if you look at his numbers, he had a solid year last year against lefties. He had, like, three walks and 35 strikeouts against left-handed. He can't yeah. hit left-handed pitchers. I mean, he, he rode a lot of luck in a small sample size to have a decent year against left-handed pitching. Expecting him to continue to do that is crazy. Um, and then you've got, you know, corner outfielders with Jesse Winker, who, you know— I, small sample size he didn't hit lefties last year and scott shebler is a lefty who doesn't hit lefties you have two corner outfielders that are right-handed hitters with yasiel puig and matt kemp i mean it, it just makes sense that you could mix and match the corner outfielders and if you're gonna have nick senzel in your lineup too uh if you're facing a really tough lefty you slide him in at second base you play you know three other outfielders out there and you see what happens uh, it just it just makes too much sense uh, to do that, and that's before we even really get into the idea that the Reds are, you know, having more quote unquote analytical guys take over in in the yeah. dugout. Kind of going along with the lineup, you know, uh, David Bell came out and said the other day that he feels that the leadoff guy should be your best on base dude. Do you think we'll see Joey Votto in the leadoff spot? Uh, I don't. Um... You know, they they actually there's been a few articles come out recently about, you know, kind of what David Bell wants to do with the lineup and the kind of player he wants. And you know, he, he mentioned, you know, high on base guy. But I just think that Joey Votto, uh, he's going to wind up hitting second or third in the lineup. Um, I, I I think it wouldn't be surprising if we saw Jesse Winker hitting first. Um, if Nick Senzel uh, makes the team and starts out well, it wouldn't surprise me if he started hitting leadoff earlier in the year. Um, I don't think that'll happen right away. I think they'll want him to kind of more quote unquote prove himself. Um, even though I, I feel that we're all confident he'll hit, I think they'll still kind of make him show it before sure. he goes out there and does it. Um, but no, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if Vado uh, wound up hitting leadoff. That was one thing I heard today, and I think you know everyone's fleshing out all their ideas about the lineup. And with as much as it's going to change, it's going to be a constant easy target to talk about this season. But with that in mind, you know, David Bell has been pretty candid, been pretty open with different ideas, and there's articles about his lineup ideas, articles about, you know, he's already come up with a starting rotation and all of this other stuff. When he was talking about defense, something struck me. Do What do you think, is it shifting, or is it just simply putting them in the right position? Both? 
<laughs> I mean, right? It, I mean, it's not. It's rocket just one science. of those questions where you know what your exact definition is kind of answers that question. You know, teams have been quote unquote shifting their defenses for 70, 80 years in baseball. Right. I mean, there's there's pictures and video out there of teams shifting against Ted Williams in the 30s and 40s. Um, they didn't do it nearly as often as they do now. Um, and I, you know, part of that is technology. I mean. Used to, in order to get spray charts for players, you had to be at every single game and, you know, a guy had to be sitting there tracking it and writing it down and they'd take it back and they'd manually compute all of this stuff. You know, now you, Jeff, you can do this in in three seconds if you know where to look on the Internet. Like it's done for you. It it takes no time to have a good idea of where a guy, quote unquote, should hit the ball, assuming that your pitcher doesn't make an absolute mistake kind of pitch. Right. and, and so it just makes this positioning, shifting, whatever you want to call it, a lot easier. And I, I think that you, we're all just kind of getting caught up in the semantics of things if you want to call it one thing or the other. Basically, you're moving your defense to where you think it's likely the other guy's going to hit the ball. I just think it's funny because it almost sounds like it's a pre-rebuttal, if that's even a thing. I just made up a word. But a, a pre-buttal of the whole idea of should we limit the shifting and it's like David Bell and then you know the outfield coach Jeff Pickler who is also the game planning coach which we're still trying to figure out what that means but um, I think it's just mean they're going to be more prepared but <laughs> like they're saying yeah no we, we don't shift we've never shifted we just are in the right position all the time. We'll take a quick pause in the conversation for a few ads here on the Phone It In Friday version of the Locked On Reds podcast. Don't go anywhere. Spring training is here, Reds fans. Practices are going on as we speak, and Saturday is the very first spring training game in Goodyear, Arizona for your Cincinnati Reds. Where will you be? Will you be on the couch? Or have you thought about going out to the beautiful state of Arizona and checking out some action? We're talking about Cactus League spring training action out in beautiful Arizona. All 15 Major League Baseball teams in the Cactus League are within 50 miles of each other in greater Phoenix. You can see the Reds as well as everyone else out there. And you don't even have to drive that far. There's also great restaurants. There's great resorts for the whole family. We're talking about fun and activities. And you've got landscapes like the Grand Canyon, Monument Valley. If you're an Ohioan, that has been born and raised in the Buckeye State, probably have never gotten the chance to go out to Arizona. You absolutely should. Beautiful state. And you'll get to see Reds baseball. So it's a win-win-win. So if you want to start planning that trip today, head on over to visitarizona.com slash spring training to start planning your trip today. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. Arizona is the home base for baseball fans. Now, let's get back to my conversation with Doug Gray from Red Leg Nation and RedsMinorLeagues.com. Some of the moves that the Reds have made. One of the, it's not not super talked about. I don't know, and I, and I kind of want to get a sense from you if it should be more talked about. Tell me about, and I'm, no, I'm going to butcher his name. I butchered Tony Santion's name the other day. So you got it right that time, though. So I did. I tr- I've been I've been practicing. Uh, <laughs> but Mikel Triana. 
Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go Michael Triana, and that may totally be incorrect, too. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. Um, I, I wish I had more information. I really do. I've reached out to multiple people, and no one I've been able to get a hold of has actually seen him play. Um, so but here, here's the best I've got. Uh, apparently, they're going to give him $1.3 million to sign with him in July, and that's not nothing money, so he's probably a solid prospect. Uh, I doubt he's going to be a guy who's right off the bat top five caliber prospect in the system because at age 19, which is what he'll be when he signs, uh, they'd probably have to pay a lot more to get somebody of that age if he were that quality of a prospect. But I'd say somebody who's going to probably fall in that, you know, 10 to 15 range uh, before he ever plays a game. That sounds about right, given the signing bonus. Um, he's well put together. He, like I said, he's 19 years old. He's six foot three, 215 pounds. Nice. I've seen, you know, a 40 second clip of him swinging a bat left-handed. Um, I mean, he's, it seems like he's got a quick bat, but you know, again, you're watching somebody take batting practice in either, you know, the Dominican Republic or Cuba. I couldn't even tell where he was at. He was just on some rundown <laughs> field. Um, and so I don't know if it came before he left the island or, well, I guess if he's in Dominican Republic, he's still on an island, before he yeah, left the yeah. Cuban island, um, or if it was after he got to the Dominican Republic. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, I, I don't have too much information on it. I've been trying, um, and they just I, I do not have as many contacts on the international side of things. I do the, uh, I guess, domestic side of things. And, and, yeah, the ones that I do have, none of them have actually seen him play, so... Being 19 years old, he's probably at least four years away, you would think, before we'd even get a sniff of him in the majors, right? I, I mean, that's not an unrealistic timeline. I mean, you, you never know. Um, you know, baseball is trending younger and younger. But, I mean, let, let's let's play this out. He's 19 today. He's going to sign in July. He might play a month and a half this year. Mm-hmm. And then he'll start in low A ball next year at 20. I mean, that's – I mean, even if he just goes out and dominates next year – I mean, he's still two and a half years away. Yeah. So, you heard it here first, 2020. Those of you that live up in the Dayton area, go see him <laughs> in the Dragons uniform. So, a little bit bigger profile of a signing as he's going to be on what most people think, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be on the opening day roster. What sort of impact do you see Derek Dietrich bring into the team? Uh, I think it's a very good signing. Uh, you know, they, they, they're bringing him in on a, a minor league deal, which still I can't wrap my mind around what's going on in free agency. Um, <laughs> yeah. how, how a guy who, I mean, he's a well above average hitter in his twenties had to take a minor league contract. I just, I don't understand, but, uh, here we are, uh, I guess good for, good for the reds. Um, mm. but it still doesn't make sense to me, but sure. you know, I, I think he's going to wind up being a, a bench bat. You know, there's, there's some quote-unquote flexibility there defensively he's not really good defensively anywhere that he plays but he's good enough that they'll actually let him play at multiple positions mm-hmm. um but I, I think that his his real value is going to be just a guy who you can kind of match up with the other pitcher on um you know basically every single day um coming off the bench is a pinch hitter he'll, he'll probably get some starts at second base um in, in kind of that platoon situation um, with Scooter Jeanette, depending on you know, just the matchups and if they want to move guys around here or there. He's got some time playing some corner outfield, so you might see him get you know a start here or there every so often. But uh, with the way the outfield's shaping up, that would be surprising. we got a lot of time out there. What I'm hearing you say is essentially we've signed the infield version of Chris Heisey. Um, 
I hate throwing player comps out there because they mean so many different things to so many different people. Right. Um, I mean, Chris, Chris Heisey, I feel like, was way more athletic. Um, okay. But, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. A guy who who's going to have some sort of bat and can play a little bit of everywhere, although you know, Chris Heisey actually was a, a decent center fielder, whereas Derek Dietrich probably, uh, well, he's, he definitely can't play center field, but I don't think he's that good of a defender at anywhere he's going to play. So, Right now... Uh, looking at, you know, everyone's all hyped up. I think over the last week, most people's predictions, they've added about three or four wins to their thoughts on the Reds. Where do you see the Reds this season right now? I mean, if we're going to throw out wins and losses, I'd say they're probably about that 83, 84 win range right now. Mm-hmm. Now, where where that finishes them in the National League Central, I have no idea because I feel like everybody's got a chance to be somewhere between 80 and 90 wins in the division. Uh, and so we're talking, you know, just the way the ball bounces, you know, once every two weeks for each team might decide this this entire division, top to bottom. Um, but I, I think that they're they're in it, and I mean, that's all I can really ask at this point. I, I don't think that they're the favorites going into uh, the season, but I don't think they're that far away either. That's one thing that when I when we're in September and October and we're looking back on the season, I almost think that the fans of every single National League Central team from first to last are going to say, we could have been in the playoffs. Like, I think Pittsburgh might have a legitimate argument that if they were in a different division, they might be, you know, division contenders. And same with the Reds, same with the Cubs, same with the Brewers. You know, I think all... I mean, if you just look at the American League Central division, I mean, it's a complete disaster. I mean, I, I posed the question on Twitter the other day. If the Reds were in the AL Central, I mean, what would their projections say? 90 wins? I mean, yeah. I really do think that that's how bad that division is versus how good the National League Central division is. Like, we're talking, you know, 8, 9, 10 win difference just by being able to play one division or not play that division. It's totally true. And, I mean, you know, all due respect to our good friend Billy Hamilton, but it really feels like the Royals thought the Reds had something last year, and so they're signing everyone that was on the team last year, and... I don't know if they saw how many games we won, but I don't know where they're getting that from. To play them a whole bunch of times a year, I could see a nice, easy win total there for the Reds. But I'm, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, I keep scouring every day to see, you know, opening day tickets, see if I can get a good price and all that good stuff. But this season's going to be phenomenal. I, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been as crazy as that as far as uh, going out and looking for opening day tickets yet. Um, I, I'm just going to throw this out there, and people are going to tell me I'm nuts. I've been, to, I've been to like four or five opening days. I don't even like going to opening day. I mean, I, I love the fact that opening day will be opening day because it means baseball. Mm-hmm. But everything that goes into actually going to the game opening day sucks. <laughs> it's kind of true. I, I'm not... I, give me the second game of the year, and I'm the happiest dude on the planet. Opening day comes with that, just everything that comes with it. Getting to, getting into the city, trying to figure out which roads are closed, which roads aren't closed, trying to find parking on opening day. Oh, it, it's it's a mess. Getting into the stadium, dealing with 44,000 people, you know, 38,000 of them. Who, that's the only game they're going to go to all year. They don't know where anything is, what they're doing. They're very uh, not there for the baseball game. Yep. They're there because it was opening day and they got tickets. Yep. No, that, that it's not for me, guys. It is not for me. I will gladly sit at home and <laughs> enjoy the game on television and relax and go to the next game and be the happiest dude ever with 25,000 of the best Reds fans around. 
Yeah, and hey, I'm I'm not gonna fight you on that. I mean, I try to go. That, that's good. I don't want to fight. No, either. I'm, yeah, I'm no. too old to fight. <laughs> too old to fight. <laughs> um, I, I won't. But I, I've been I've been the last couple of years. I got to go. Um, whenever they had the home run derby and that felt like the most people that I ever been around or ever want to be around. Um, so I understand you there, especially even just looking at my favorite app, which no free ads. So I'm not going to tell you what that is, but, um, (laughs) my favorite app to get a ticket from the cheapest tickets for opening day right now are going for $51. That's for standing room only. And the cheapest ticket for game two is going for like $10. So a huge difference there. Yes. But anyway, that's still a little bit away. We've got spring training coming up. This is going to air on Friday, so it's going to be tomorrow when you're hearing this. I'm very excited about that. I know you are, too, going to get to see, you know, the wide range from superstars to middling prospects that probably don't even have a shot to make the roster this year, and it's just going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I cannot wait to see actual, real, fake baseball games. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I always get really excited for those fake baseball games to start. I was talking with somebody who's out in Goodyear right now about it today. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready for it. Absolutely. Well, Doug, I really appreciate you coming on to talk to Reds with me today, man. And I know that you'll be heading out there in a few weeks, so safe travels there. But uh, thanks again, man. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And, yeah, I I, I really hope that my trip to out to Goodyear goes well. I, it, it's not a fun drive because I'm a, I'm a psychopath who doesn't fly for anybody who doesn't know. <laughs> so I absolutely drive from Cincinnati to Goodyear and back. Uh, but one, once I'm there, it's all good. That would be a heck of a drive. I'm with you. But, hey, if you don't already, go over, check out RedsMinorLeagues.com and definitely go to RedLegNation.com. I'm sure you knew about that before you even looked up Locked On Reds. So, Doug, thanks, man. See ya. Always enjoy having Doug Gray on to talk Reds baseball, and I'm definitely going to have to catch up with him after his road trip to see how that went because that sounds like an adventure. But anyway, thanks for downloading and listening to the Phone It In Friday version of the Locked On Reds podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Check us out on social media and look up LockedOnReds.com on the interwebs just about anywhere the internet is sold or it's free, whatever. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. You've been listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 